0: everyone and welcome to the comics deserve better podcast where we cover the world of independent comics i'm one of your hosts that uh, zombies ate my neighbors uh brian and with me as always the other two parts of the cdb triforce carrie and darcy
1: hello hi and uh, my neighbors are my parents so i hope not. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. uh, I'll, I'll explain that in just a second um but also today Thank you. We, we do have a special guest and a honorary fourth piece of the triforce uh, richard oh hey good evening Good evening. how's it going today doing well (laughs) thank you for very nervous this is
2: my first uh podcast so we'll see how it goes (laughs) oh yeah
0: well we're we're not consummate professionals we're all here (laughs) just have fun and talk so it's it'll it'll be just fine um but yeah so zombies ate my neighbors is one of those video games from the i think it was super nintendo that I knew
1: that uh, sounded familiar <laughs> yeah
0: and my parents would not let me buy it and they finally and then like i could never rent it because it was never available at the at the local rental place so it's one of those holy grail games of mine and i and finally they're re-releasing it on the switch soon so i'm excited to finally play it. I uh, So enough about my uh, origins, <laughs> Richard. Uh, since he's... I was going to say, if there's
2: co-op, though, I'm down to do Zombies Ain't My Names <laughs> with you. Because I played it a bunch of times, but I could never <laughs> beat it.
0: I am all um. for that. <laughs> I am definitely for that. Um, I, I've been trying to play Scott Pilgrim by myself, and I'm failing miserably. So I'm, I'm looking <laughs> for some co-op. Um, Maybe
3: Richard will finally answer your call for a Switch
0: friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's what I was about to say. <laughs>
4: exactly.
0: not to put you on the spot but so enough about my secret origin richard since this is the first time you've been on this podcast um do you want to kind of give everyone a quick uh, rundown about uh, how you got into comics and uh, kind of what what, like what kind of comics you like
2: oh yeah most definitely um i think like everybody i was as a young boy bitten by a radioactive comic book and (laughs) here i am (laughs) <laughs> is that not how it happened for everyone else oh definitely pretty
1: much how it happened to me yeah
2: it <laughs>
1: wasn't a young boy but yes basically
2: <laughs> right 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 right. <laughs>
1: it was archie
2: exactly for me it was disney adventures
0: oh nice that's awesome
2: oh but really um when i was a kid i i got into comics like through marketing in all honesty because like it was more um the action figures and the the marvel cards like that marvel card series one series two and like it makes it easy for you it's like hey Mm -hmm. this guy has a strength of nine you're like well this one beats this one this one Mm -hmm. beats that one Mm -hmm. but like it was probably another few years like i know definitely it was 95 when i started picking up books myself because it was just after age of apocalypse just and deep in the spider-man uh clone saga so though that book that storyline's much reviled for me
0: mm-hmm. i love it it
1: was a good period it was a good period
0: I, I totally get it i mean age of apocalypse appeared in our local newspaper and that's how big that oh one. really <laughs> yeah it, it was actually in the entertainment section that was like it was like guess what's happening in marvel and we're like i was just you know i mean 95 so I I was just barely a teenager and I was just like, Whoa, (laughs) like why are they talking about this in the newspaper? (laughs) Like, this is not right.
2: (laughs) But oh yeah, no. The only time I remember for me, uh comics getting mainstream coverage was like uh you know, Death of Superman.
0: Oh
1: yes, yeah, Death of Superman, yeah. That would be when I remember it getting mainstream Mm -hmm. coverage. My because people were being stupid about it. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, my my
3: father, who does like not do anything comics, bought four copies of it because he was sure. That it was going to be this huge collector's issue, and I think we each have a copy as adults, and they're still in like my childhood hope chest because no one
0: knows what. To right, of them.
1: course. <laughs> I think
0: that was the worst conversation I ever had with with my father-in-law was when he asked me about them because he knew I was into comics, and I was like, uh, no, they're "Not really worth that much."
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll say this: um
2: they're co- everything seems to be coming around. I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or stimulus checks, but um. I know Brian, I've told like, I still pick up floppies and individual issues and like books that were in dollar bins are going for big money right now. You know, books that are overprinted, those 90s books, but I mean, they're getting close to 30 years old at this point. So even though everyone has a copy. because
1: people are you know, stupid again. Yeah, exactly,
2: I mean that too. Yeah. Again, we were never not stupid. Don't do that, don't give us
1: that type people of People are being incredibly stupid again. <laughs>
0: I'm not stupid. Yeah. I'm just gonna go buy five foil rare covers. I'll be right back.
2: Uh, I was watching uh an auction and like Fatal Attractions, which is those books were never expensive, like I feel oh. like five years ago, and it's like a hundred dollar set now. And I'm like, wait, what happened? Oh my and they're God. like Well, you know, the the books are almost thirty years old. I'm like, all right, that's a fair point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that is true. That so was... I'm
3: glad I have four copies yeah. <laughs> I
1: know, <right>? There <laughs> you go Why not I,
0: I sold no. my wing vase, I bought some comics This is a really right. good idea
2: You may not be able to retire But maybe you can get yourself a fancy dinner I don't That'd know
0: <laughs> Or a lot of out In-N-Out
2: <laughs> <laughs> That'll work I, I haven't been to the west coast in a minute So definitely In-N-Out has me salivating Right oh, <gosh>.
0: We'll talk about, you know, like
2: um, as far as books, I got into comics around that era and just it was whatever books I could find. I think I was about 10. So it was just like uh, whatever I could, you know, convince my mom to get me. And then eventually, as I got into middle school, I would get three bucks uh, a day for lunch. And I figured out that, hey, if I uh, spend a buck on just uh, uh, chips and a drink uh, for 50 cents a piece, if I hoard these $2, I can eventually buy some comics. <laughs> and that was basically my plan all through middle school.
0: That's awesome. That's very cool.
2: And, you know, but mostly mainstream books. I, I feel like um, I was a victim of a bad era as far as indie books because, I you know, I stuck mostly to Marvel for years and then eventually Marvel and DC. But, you know, when the 90s, early 2000s, when I was really getting into comics, even whenever there was a, a quote unquote big indie book, it was typically you know, style over substance, it was the artist taking the lead, you know, ever since that image era. So like, yeah, like the indie books that I was really first like purchasing myself were things like um, um, Danger Girl and Battle Chasers, books that aren't bad, but then, you know, like there are not like these holy tombs that something, you know, some other things from the era are, you know, maybe something more like Grendel or or Cerberus, like that you have more just a denser story and something that, you know, stands the test of time a little bit better
0: definitely not gonna win a Pulitzer Prize but still <laughs> a
1: lot of things don't yeah. stand the test of time but it's what yeah. you like you know? yeah
0: exactly right. Absolutely. Uh, I no, would
2: say uh, the first indie book I ever saw or like well Ninja Turtles of course is an indie book but I remember oh, yeah. like, um us being very little I mean like six or seven and I'm at my cousin's house and like a cousin of hers on the other on her other side of the family had elf quest yes. and mm. and the thing is, is that i'm like six seven years old and it blew our mind because we're flipping through one they're neat comics but there's naked people in there
4: and like, <laughs> there are like, naked we, people we in there we, uh,
2: this is allowed to be a thing like like <laughs> spider-man <laughs> to be naked too like completely completely <laughs> just blew my perspective
4: like things.
2: <laughs>
0: i I, love that so much that's awesome no (laughs) that that never happened to me but i did have a friend who um who came across they moved into a place someone left all their savage dragon back issues and so um we were you know young like 13 12 boys and Mm -hmm. we're like ooh like (laughs) a little more explicit stuff in this and then of course his mom saw it as well and Took it away from us so and that was right ra- <laughs> yeah. and that was no more savage dragon That's which funny. might be good because i might have become a hardcore savage dragon fan instead of <laughs> other comic books it's,
2: i feel bad for books of like s- certain books because i'm like oh no i'm eric larson c is nice and talented but also people that were like the fans of something that were hardcore savage dragon fans also seem like they grew up to be the worst people like in the right? fandom so it's What's just like
1: certain- that
2: yeah, yes. like certain books I'm like, oh yeah, I would want to support this, but also like people that are very excited about this also seem to be pretty awful. So I, I don't know how to feel
0: about it. <laughs> it's probably how young Star Wars fans feel nowadays.
1: They're yeah, like, Yeah, well, maybe. this is
0: amazing, but oh my mm-hmm. god. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah,
1: no. It's, that's how I feel as a Star Wars fan. And I'm not young. So yeah. I've just kind of stepped outside the fandom. So, yeah. Star you Wars have to... is
2: a weird one for me. Because like oh, so I see all the toxic fandom stuff. But I've been to a few Star Wars celebrations.
0: The yeah. nicest,
1: most the nicest welcoming people. event. I've,
2: like, like, those cons are amazing. Like, I'm, I'm a big Star Wars fan, like, as far as the movies. But, you know, I don't dive into the lore as much. But, like, when you're at Celebration... Couldn't be happier, couldn't be funny, funner, none of the negativity. And then, like, you leave and you go home and you get on the internet and you're like, Dear God, what yeah.
0: happened? Because <laughs> those people yeah. won't, won't leave their computers. So like,
1: just... <laughs> outside of mainstream, like I did, um, like there were Star Wars stuff outside when when I was a teenager. Like, that mm-hmm. was something I got into when I was younger, was all the extended Star Wars stuff. I guess Marvel owned that, so that doesn't count. Did, yeah, that was in the '90s. Marvel earned that, right? I think
0: no,
2: so. I think no, 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 no. That was Dark, the Dark Horse stuff. In Dark the Horse 90s. owned that. Oh, in okay. the
0: '90s was Dark Horse? Okay, because I, Mar- I know, Marvel
1: okay. Dark Marvel, Marvel owned it at it some
2: Had it in the '80s.
1: In the '80s, okay.
2: Dark Horse had the license in the '90s. Now I'm Marvel owns <laughs> everything, and they get to pick and choose what they decide is going to. What's be real canon. and what's not? <laughs> right. Yeah, All okay.
1: Right. I'm I'm not that old. I'm Dark Horse old
0: okay awesome so, yes
1: so yeah i was reading the marvel stuff and i was reading the books um and with like friends and stuff and you know things were good then yes there weren't as many people reading that shit
0: definitely not and whenever we bring up extended universe i always have to say r.i.p Jaina and jason solo two of my favorite <laughs> characters <laughs> Yeah. So. he has
3: some really <laughs> obscure like star wars shirts and i'm like who is this because yeah. i haven't read the extensive lore all of it or, yet so it's the sword i'm of working the Empire. on it <laughs> i
0: mean sort of the jedi of course that's
2: the fun thing when you go to celebration some people cosplay as the most obscure characters i'm like that costume looks amazing who are
4: you? <laughs> Don't
0: break it down. Don't break it down for that's you. awesome. Which is awesome. At least, yeah, At least they're not gatekeeping or anything. You know, like they're happy to say. I I have seen pictures of cons where there's been like six Mara Jades together, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Oh, that's like, nice. Yeah, the the uh, future wife of Luke Skywalker <laughs> in the old continuities. So I was like, that's really cool. Um, but, well, um, I have definitely taken this ship off course a little bit. <laughs> <but> <laughs> whatever. Fun. Well, uh, nice we do... healthy
2: conversation. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yes, definitely.
0: Uh, well, we do have a, a fun uh, episode coming up today. Uh, we will be talking about uh, Bitterroot Volume 1. Um, it's also going to associate with our news. So, we're going to actually jump into spotlights before we go into news this time. Um, Richard, I'm putting you on the spotlight of the spotlights. Oh. Do you, you want to go first or? One of us I'm nervous
2: first. as it is, but might as well get it over with. If I mess up, <laughs> Rip band-aid off. We'll, we'll get past it. <laughs> um, so my spotlight is uh, Marjorie Finnegan, Temporal Criminal, number mm-hmm. one, uh, by Garth Ennis, Goran Suzuka and Miroslav, ooh, there's, not a, there's more constants to vowels here. Murph- <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, by AWA Upshot. So this book, it'd been a minute since I'd uh, dealt with Eddie Garfinis and uh I don't know why I forgot how hyper-violent and scandalous his stuff is, but it, <laughs> but it was still fun. But like uh I'm sure you guys are aware like the origins of Watchmen in mm-hmm. that like DC had just acquired those Charleston characters, and um Alan Moore does his pitch, and then they're like, That pitch is awesome, but you're gonna damage these characters that we paid good money for, so make your own original characters. And that's how you get you know, Peacemaker becoming comedian, Captain Adam becoming uh, Dr. Manhattan and whatnot. So the whole premise for this book is like, it seems like Garth it's a pitch day, hey, I want to do a, a gritty, where in time is Carmen Sandiego? And then <laughs> couldn't get the license, so made his own original character.
0: That's
1: hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious, yeah, I agree.
0: That sounds that's awesome. <laughs>
2: But no, no, yeah, it's really neat. Um, so the whole premise is like she's going into time. Like the, the 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 opening scene is her in like the uh the Sphinx built to uh Ramses, and she's gonna be one of like the 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 the, the harem maidens that are sealed uh with the pharaoh, and then so she's like cool, and then I'm gonna steal all the jewels once these people leave, and then she you know the 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 high priest that's running the show is like and we're going to all slit your throats to make sure you're dead. So then she pops off and starts shooting everybody.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so
2: apparently in the the deus ex machina in the book is something called the K-2001 realigner, or she refers to it as as either a rupture way, a deus exer, or an unfucker. And basically (laughs) it just reroutes uh, the the time stream. So if someone gets killed, it just basically shunts them off in reality and a more logical way for them to get killed in that time period.
4: Oh. To not mess
2: up the future. Okay. So, yeah, that's a fun little premise.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's really it cool. Is, uh, yeah, That's a good way to, to explain time shenanigans.
2: Right, right. It's like a cute little MacGuffin. It's just like, and you know, <laughs> they, 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 they do it subtly right at the beginning. So it's like, hey, this is the answer. You don't have to think about it ever again. Awesome. You don't have to worry about it. Let's that's move cool. on. Um, And basically what you do see in the uh, first issue is uh, a a hardcore Nazi named Otto who's uh, in Viking times. And basically he found like a village that the Vikings routinely attack and basically is like the mafia. He's using future weapons to protect this village and they're treating him like a god. Mm. And uh, basically a a time cop named uh, Ahari comes and uh, shuts him down. (laughs) And then, you know, whenever you can see something bad happen to a Nazi, well, even if it's just in a comic, it'll oh. always make you happy.
0: Oh, <laughs> yes. Definitely. definitely. And, and did you see Mata Hari?
2: Her, her name's just Hari. Oh, Hari. Oh, okay. Hari.
0: But that's really cool. That That's, that's pro- definitely a reference to the classic detective. That's, that's yeah. awesome.
2: And then basically, without spoiling anything, the end of the issue kind of comes up with uh, Hari coming after our uh, protagonist, Marjorie. And you're gonna, you know, take it from there. But you know, it's just—I mean, it's Garfiness stuff, so it's very vulgar, very violent, very raunchy. So your mileage may vary. But it was fun, (laughs) and I kind of like right now with a uh, AWA Upshot, and uh, there's another new uh comic label too. I uh, can't—was it Bad Bad Idea? Bad idea, Idea yeah yeah where it's just like all these establishment people have decided to be the industry disruptors like it's not like the young up and comers it's like oh no all these people that you heard of are kind of tired of the uh, i guess the marvel dc model where you know they work for hire so you know they're trying to disrupt the industry little by little doing some interesting
0: work cool that's really cool yeah i mean Carmen San Diego has always been a
2: favorite of mine. <laughs> yeah, no, as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, this is just Carmen San Diego. This is fantastic. <laughs> awesome. All for it. I wanted to be on the PBS show so bad when I was a kid. Oh, I was like, I could uh, win. Yeah. Definitely.
3: Legends of the Hidden Temple was the well, show. Well, that was too. back for... Yeah. I it, I it, yeah, it's that for adults. What? Yeah. 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 Yes. Was... Oh, yeah. It
2: was floating around on the internet the last few yeah.
3: days. Oh, totally. I've been sick. So I haven't been on the internet at all. So. <laughs> oh.
0: Do do you want to hear some really dumb kid logic? Um, So I grew up in in the city of San Diego and when I was a kid and I first got introduced to where in the world is Carmen San Diego, I thought there was a different Carmen for every city. And I'm like, oh, this is our special (laughs) Carmen San Diego. That's actually super cute. Not as cool as Carmen in Atlanta. That's just perfect kid logic. That's
2: like, yeah. That's
4: adorable.
2: There's Carmen Milwaukee, Carmen San Francisco, (laughs) carbon miami beach it makes perfect sense
3: <laughs> i would love carbon to hang miami out with Carmen miami beach yeah.
2: <laughs> yes um i'm sure i met her all the time down here um i'm sure it is very fun and very traumatizing <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: they would make a really good uh, injustice game <laughs> oh, absolutely <laughs> all the Carmens yes i'm all for it this has to happen actually all right well Carrie, oh, do you want to go next?
3: Uh, yeah. So, um, I am since we're talking about things from our childhood. So, uh, high school Carrie was really, really into wrestling and WWE stuff. So, I heard that, um, Boom Studios is releasing a two-issue limited series about uh, Kofi Kingston, Big E, and Xavier Woods. Uh. And it's called WWE, The New Day, Power of Positivity. And it's about their origin stories and it's a comic. So I'm really like stoked to read it just because I love, I love wrestling. Um, I got out of wrestling before uh, The New Day, but um, it just looks really cool. It's about their story and it's about how they go from um, um, baby face characters to heels. And it's all about that, so I think that's going to be really fun. Um, it's written by Evan Narcisse and Austin Walker, and the artist is Daniel Bayless. So it looks really cool. And that's coming out in July twenty on um, in July of this year. So I'm excited, oh,
0: and nice. yeah. So I just wanted to like spotlight New that Day Rocks. I love the New Day. Oh, yeah, awesome! Cool. <laughs> that has been something I've been meaning to do is get back into into wrestling. Um, Recently, watched a documentary on um, yeah,
3: on was that
0: Vice that the, we watched? Uh, that? Vice, the Montreal screwdriver. yeah, we watched. Oh, no, that's it, yeah, and so that really kind of reignited the want to watch. Um, oh, right. I.
2: There was a very good pay-per-view last night from WWE. There were zombies for some reason. It was <laughs> <laughs> it was very strange.
4: That's awesome. <laughs> they,
2: they had a lumberjack match. And uh, I guess in real life, Dave Batista is in a new zombie movie. So it's some sort oh. of co- cross-promotion where the lumberjacks were zombies.
3: Awesome, like, uh, and
2: uh, the Miz apparently got devoured by zombies at the end of the match.
0: Oh man! (laughs) I I wonder if that was voted (laughs) by the audience. (laughs) Who
2: knows? (laughs) Like, it was just deliciously, fantastically stupid, exactly what you want from wrestling.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Very cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dave Bautista. I just remember. Yeah, he's in um, the new Zack Snyder zombie movie. Yeah, that's it. Which I've all the only Zack Snyder movies i ever liked were zombie movies because I like Day of the Dead, and that was cool. fantastic. Yeah, so so it I'm actually kind of, movie. yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. To is this it the
3: same Snyder
0: as in yeah. Justice League? Yeah. Oh. The, uh, he, I, I I don't. I was listening
2: thing. to so many episodes. Are we still not watching the Snyder cut?
0: No, nope, still not no. watching the Snyder cut which luckily we're not a dc podcast i'm
3: ambivalent i just don't like movies (laughs) so
0: (laughs) that's fair we're gonna make carrie watch it and
2: (laughs) i will say this about the snyder cut um i thought it was good i think that it's a lot of the uh what's the word i'm thinking of a lot of the super positive reaction is because you have a very bad new movie to uh wade against
4: Mm -hmm. you know the
2: original cut Mm-hmm. But um, I will say this for Zack Snyder as a director. Um, the idea that he made a four-hour movie that doesn't drag at all. is like, while I didn't like Batman v Superman, I didn't like that first Justice League movie. I was like, all right, you're super talented because that four hours flew by and I was engaged and interested and I enjoyed it. That's like, awesome. this, you know, the movie is it's not a masterpiece in my opinion by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. but it is good. And again, it's a four-hour movie that like, No, no, it's paced very well, and it didn't, like, I I really thought just, it's four hours, I'm going to be, you know, it's going to drag, and I'm going to be like, oh, that was a long watch, but no, it flew by, and it was paced really well. I think that's the best compliment I could give it, at the very least.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think with, I think with so many characters, that's something that is easier to do. Yeah. It gives
2: it space to breathe yeah you,
1: you've you got so much story you can tell that you definitely have that much time to do it and you would need that much time to do it in. Mm-hmm. and he's pretty good at that like all of his bigger movies he's pretty good at pacing I don't really have a problem with with that with him he's pretty good with that I just don't like the way he writes women yeah <laughs> so which cool. zombie movie did he do he, he, dawn he dawn, the, uh, dawn the of, the dead the, of the, the dead the the
2: remake around was that 06 maybe yes. oh
3: i saw that that's the one where they're in the, the shopping mall. the shopping mall right yeah, yeah. with the yeah i laughed Sammy. at the birth scene yes because i thought it was <laughs> stupid and it was funny to me that was probably very inappropriate <laughs> but, but i laughed so at it
1: but yeah yeah yeah, it it definitely was, but that's also one of those you can get away with it a little bit better, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, but I, for me, that's my favorite one, no, The always. Dawn of the Dead.
2: Dawn of the Dead? No, I really, I mean, I'm I'm a person who sees movies one time, so, but I remember really enjoying that movie, but I haven't revisited it since it came out in the theater.
1: I probably have. I saw it once after seeing it in the theater, and I think it was probably. I was in Thailand, so it had to have been after 2010, oh, no. but I don't know how far after 2010,
2: for, for oh, oh, it, it's we still been a long ass ass time. A, remember, <laughs> remember
1: traveling? Yeah, re- remember a thing? <laughs> remember a thing? Yeah. It was a long-ass time, ago.
0: Airplanes, aren't they cool?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know. Are they? I don't but, think they are.
0: No, I think they're why? kind of
1: terrifying. I'm terrified of so. the idea of getting on an airplane.
0: No, and, and the more I think about it now, the more yeah it, it's starting to get more terrifying. <laughs>
1: Especially
0: <laughs> from going from from like East Asia to, to the United States, I, I can only imagine that flight <laughs> how difficult that could be. Um,
2: oh, yeah, that has to be long.
0: Yes,
1: long as
0: shit. I, I think I saw um, Dawn of the Dead uh, late night HBO during an insomnia bout during college, so early two thousands. Um,
2: Makes sense. I was going to say that I I I assume you loved it then.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Everything's great. <laughs> That's
2: right. Right. When you I, can't sleep and something's mildly uh, entertaining, it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> exactly because
0: I remember it was that was always on, and so was um, oh what is that movie? Um, it's the movie it's a it's a ghost movie, where someone dies by glass. Oh, and they get chopped in half by it's like it's a house and all the rooms move I'm trying to remember the name of that okay'll I'll, I'll come up with the name but but that movie was always on as well and that was really you' got
1: glass and moving rooms but no ghosts um someone gets chopped by a, a line
0: not, not not by a laser but by like 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 a, glass. Like a
3: sailing line
0: um no. no okay sorry I just I, came in on that part uh, <laughs> no um oh yeah i'll i'll figure it out and I'll, I'll i got nothing if anything i'll put it in the notes um <laughs> for the episode if anyone cares um all right well um darcy uh do you want to go next
1: I sure will. And I cheated again. Hi, two weeks in a row. (laughs) But I'm following up on a thing I talked about last week that Carrie and I kind of talked about last week, which was reading silent comics and how to kind of get better at it. Uh, And so I wanted to kind of bridge that gap and offer a couple of children's picture books as um, good examples that can serve as sort of comics to help you um, practice that uh, skill, if it can be called a skill, which I'm going to now call it a skill. Um, And I'm gonna offer three that I think are really good. Uh, The first is uh, Little Fox in the Forest uh, by uh, Stephanie Gregan, um, written and illustrated by really cute book it's about like a girl that's taking her uh, stuffed fox into school as a kind of a show-and-tell thing and then it kind of like merges into this kind of fantasy world where the stuffed fox is the main character it's beautiful it starts out in uh, kind of this uh, periwinkle scale it's kind of between grayscale and blue scale and then merges into like a full color really beautiful book, really sweet. The story's easy to follow. It kind of tells itself very well through illustrations. So if you're looking to find that place of, oh, I need to go panel to panel and find that story, um, easy to do with this book. Even easier probably is Red by Jed Alexander. The uh, It's Little Red Riding Hood, a uh, slight Variations on, but Little Red Riding Hood's a fairy tale story that we pretty much all know. Um, it's uh, the illustration style kind of reminds me of that original illustration style done for uh, The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> uh, the original illustration style of the uh, first edition of Wizard of Oz, you know, when Dorothy's kind of small and she's got her little red dress. Very cute, uh, very. Very cartooned um, by Wallace Denslow. So if you're aware of that cartooning, uh, it's very similar to that. It's uh, pencils for the background and for the wolf, but with that pop of red for red, and some like the fruit and the uh, uh, the foxes and stuff like that. But again, real easy to follow the story because. We know the story, and it's very well illustrated and very well paneled. Uh, Finally, as sort of a level up, would be Professional Crocodile by Giovanna uh, Zaboli, words, and whoo, Maracheria de Giorgio for the illustrations. This is a story about a crocodile who's getting dressed in the morning and going to work. Uh, it's gorgeous it's like watercolors beautiful book Uh, the paneling is a little bit more complicated Mm -hmm. um, but the story is still fairly simple in that it's a crocodile that's getting dressed and going to work so it's a simple sort of routine story that's easy to understand because it's something we all do we wake up we get dressed we go to work so there's nothing complicated in this story but taking a second and reading panel to panel as you have to do with a silent comic um, or as you do with a children's book to your child. Oh, look, it's the crocodile waking up. The crocodile is putting on clothes as you would do to a child. allows you to sit down and slow down with each of these panels and to watch them and uh, to look at them and to appreciate the art. So it's something that helps you develop that skill. Uh, So this is the level up from the story that you already know to a story that you're learning reading this book.
3: I think those are excellent recommendations. I'm googling them as you're mentioning them, Darcy. And um, there's a Google image for professional crocodile, where it's, um, it shows it's a two page spread. So it's the entire book and it looks like it's, um, you're looking at a subway car. Mm. And so you're just going through every window of the subway car across these panels. And so it just looks really cool it's, and it's beautiful. You're right, all the artwork is amazing.
1: It's super cute, it's a super cute book. And obviously it's, if you have kids and you're looking for children's picture books, these are all really ch- good children's picture books. Really
0: cool. Awesome. No, I that looks that looks amazing. And also, um, I recently read Sobek the uh, from Shortbox, which is about the crocodile god in Egypt. And so now I'm kind of obsessed with co- crocodile comics right now. So that's, <laughs> that sounds pretty cool.
1: Crocodiles are great. oh Yes. I mean, not if you're afraid of them. Then they're <laughs> kind of less so. But yeah, visually, I think crocodiles are very interesting. They're cool looking.
0: I'm totally sure modern dinosaurs totally mm. okay well i have my spotlight uh so quick um quick backstory on this uh, i just got back recently in the you know when starting this podcast back into really being in social media on uh, instagram and, and twitter and everything in fact this is actually my first time i've ever been on twitter in my life and So one thing I've been trying to do is try to follow as many like comic book artists and writers and everything. And so I came up with this idea a few months ago where any book that I pick up, I go through the comic and see if any of the creators, like the writers, artists, the pencilers, inkers, letterers have a social media site and I follow them. And so recently a book came out called Jenny Zero uh, which was, it's a kaiju book, I, it's fun. It's, I definitely recommend it, it's a cool take, just uh, aside side there. Uh, the colorist was a person named Megan Wong and I uh, followed her on Instagram. And one of the first things that came up on the feed after I followed her was that her, her first self, uh, pub, not self-published, self-created uh, book uh, where she's writing and drawing it called Rangers of the Divide. Is coming out on uh, May nineteenth. It's a uh, it's a little mini series. Uh, it is a fantasy book. It looks gorgeous, which is which is really what got my caught my eye was just how wonderful the artwork is. It's kind of a of a, a nice like f- like a very whimsical fantasy, but at the same time, um, just has it has this. I, it's hard to explain like the the there's just there's just something about the the way the characters look that just this kind of really just kind of grasp makes me want to read this essentially um coloring is great um it's basically just a story of um Actually, I'll, just, I'll just go ahead and read the, the quick uh, synopsis here. It says, like, following the disappearance of the nation's peacekeepers, an elite commander stumbles upon a team of bright-eyed cadets in need of leadership. The group prepares to venture out on their first mission into uncharted territories. Um, are, there, are they ready to follow that, what awaits them, or will danger follow them first, or find them first? And so, it sounds like a fun little fantasy book. Uh, the third issue has a cover of this giant white owl. That just covers the entire page and and it just looks amazing and i love owls once again like an animal that i love that i'll follow um so um i am definitely on board for this when it comes out so i think it'll be out the day after the day before uh this is this episode drops so it'll be in stores as you hear this
1: yeah that looks really cool like it might like, i'm um... Looking at the website and the character designs, really awesome.
0: Maybe you can explain it a little better than I can because I just I don't know. <laughs> There's just something really it's cool about them.
1: some sort of it, flying creature. It does. It looks sort of some of the because they all look kind of a little bit different. So some of them kind of look like the How to Train Your Dragon dragons, um, but with like right, hy- hyper color to like- them.
2: It looks like Nessie if Nessie flew. It kind of yeah. looks like
1: like the green one kind of looks like Nessie if Nessie flew. I see that. And then some of them look like the people have wings. Like there's this, there looks like two classes. Like you've got people flying on creatures and then some of them are people with wings themselves. Ooh,
0: yeah. And it looks like they have tails as well. So
1: yeah, oh, yeah, the- they might. So there might be some sort of like, I don't know, cool. change, shape changing going on here. Who knows? Well, Looks awesome. The coloring is phenomenal.
0: Yes,
2: yeah, the coloring is very nice. The people give me a like, a Rudo. What is it Rudos vibes oh. from kind of Legend of Zelda?
0: Yes, mm. yeah, they do. Which probably is why that's probably it. <laughs> it's why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, if there's if there's a uh, if there's a Zelda <laughs> um, correlation, I'll probably like it. So I uh, definitely. I finally decided what my first tattoo is going to be. And it's gonna be a, a Wind Waker um, Zelda tattoo with a link on the uh the King of Red Lions. Yeah, so. it's actually nice.
3: yeah, it's actually really cool. So. I'm I won't be embarrassed by this because he's had some <laughs> tattoo ideas in the past where I'm like, oh, no, please don't do that to your body. Um, and a, um,
0: a, a Dr. Doom that looks like Link from uh, the original Legend of Zelda holding a Triforce? Isn't that
4: um, really cool?
0: I'm, I'm not against
4: it.
3: That
0: was my original idea. And every time I explained it, I got the,
3: oh yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be diplomatic. Yeah.
0: So like okay maybe I mean
2: there has to be a a a, a good uh Scotty Young Doctor Doom design out there that has the similar vibe to what you're looking for
0: probably yeah I could totally see that, so, that Scotty would be Young
1: okay. Doctor Doom tattoo would be adorable <laughs> yes
0: yes
3: but he wanted to do this bullshit like mashup between <laughs> Link and
0: Doom and yeah this will dumb I'll somehow add you get to you get too
1: complicated to a tattooist wouldn't want to do it anyway. oh yeah
0: <laughs> exactly. It's like and I, can you put my dog on there
1: too please? <laughs> Just, yeah uh. somehow i've always managed despite my mashup ass tattoos <laughs> okay,
0: well um so thank you everyone for helping me describe that because <laughs> <laughs> i had the words but then i lost them there so thank you very much um so we'll go into news now uh like i said uh first uh Lady Killer, uh, the the book by Joel Jones and Jamie S. Rich, um, is going to be adapted into a movie, and uh, it will be written by Diablo Cody and be starring Blake Lively. So some good credits there, you know, with, with the people helping create this. And uh, I've never read Lady Killer, it's always been on my list. It's actually available on Comicsology Unlimited, so actually I'll probably be reading it very soon, uh, but it's basically about um, a housewife in the 50s is also an assassin so oh, uh, nice. yeah. I just
3: love I love Joelle Jones I love her artwork so much I think it's gorgeous so oh I,
2: I'm not a fan of Joelle Jones
4: ah you,
2: you can't be that talented and be like that pretty at the same time you the rest of us. like you can't be like an excellent artist excellent storyteller and then total smoke show at the same time like leave something for the rest of us no
0: it's the John Ham factor. You can't be right, funny, right, right, yeah. funny and beautiful at the same time. I hope she's right, like a real bitch.
3: Like if she were really mean, then she could right, like even... Something, herself. right. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Push me in the face. Do something. Please me <laughs> no, be no, mean. No, that into sounds that, creepy. Yeah. That sounds that's creepy. True. No,
1: that's too much. <laughs>
0: I mean, I can't go through Comic Con and ask the creators to punch me in the face.
1: No, I don't think no, that would work. <laughs> I think that would get you kicked out real Probably. quickly.
0: Real fast. Okay.
2: well, no, but no, her art is amazing. But yeah. like, even on, I've read a couple books that she's written. Like, she's a good writer too. Yeah. Definitely. Dude, so, he her own.
0: her yeah. Catwoman run was awesome. I liked it a lot. Right. And, <laughs> if it wasn't Ram V taking over Catwoman, I would have been, been very sad. But um, yeah, her Catwoman was amazing. Um, that, the issue that she drew for Tom King's Batman where uh, Batman and Catwoman are getting married and they have to go visit uh, Batman's ex-girlfriend Talia in the middle of the desert. That is probably one of my favorite Batman issues of the Tom King era. That's a wonderfully drawn comic and she draws Nightwing, right? Nightwing's a cool character and she draws Nightwing like a badass. So I'm always happy about
2: that. (laughs) And also I, I, I'm I'm not feeling her new Wonder Girl character because it there's butterflies in my stomach and it feels inappropriate for that character to, to <laughs> me butterflies. So I'm just kinda like, no, no, this character's far too attractive. I'm an adult.
1: Oh. I don't like any yeah. of this. All, oh, yeah. all of her characters gonna, are extremely attractive. Yeah. It's right, one right. of those I'm, things. I'm, like, I'm
2: gonna volunteer myself for a watch list because this is
4: not okay. Yeah. He's not,
0: not only is is like Daryl Floric a beautiful character, but she has a talking uh, Pegasus, which makes right. you, you know like oh, so she's also very cool.
2: Yeah, I was just, I don't, I'm like I don't care for this.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And also one of the few colorists who would draw Damien, Wayne and Talia Ghul, yeah. Middle Eastern,
1: not white, you know? yeah, not white. Right. So that,
0: that was also very nice. So very cool.
2: That's always a, a, a nice uh, a nice touch. Anytime yeah. I see a very uh, a very brown uh, Roberto da Costa, I just get happy. <laughs>
4: <Yay>. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> also, the favorite character of mine, definitely. Okay, well, this uh, piece of news definitely goes into what we're talking about today. So I'll save it for last. Um, well, Regina King um, will be directing the uh, Bitterroot movie, uh, which is huge because Regina King just uh, finished, um, had, a, had a movie that was nominated for Academy Awards so she directed one night I'm in Miami. I'm doing that right now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and that was supposed to be <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Yeah. And um, yeah, so she directed one night in Miami and um and I the I watched all the best picture movies. This was a really bleak year for best picture movies. They're all really depressing. I wonder why. So, yeah. So I I meant to watch more and but I just couldn't mentally take it, so I never, I unfortunately didn't get to One Night in Miami, but that was definitely what they wanted to watch. Um, It it definitely got uh, a lot of acclaim. Also, um, she was awesome in Watchmen, so I'm happy about it.
3: Really quick, Regina King is one of these under the radar pop culture icons that her career, she's such a queen in everything she does. She has been, she was a child actress in 227, which is right, my family's backwards. favorite sitcom of all time. So it's something, she's something that I grew up with. Um, or it's not something, sorry. She's someone that I grew up with. And <laughs> and um she's she's just so incredible. And so it's really nice to see her now get all the accolades, get all the mm. credit, because she's just such a phenomenal actress, activist, like entrepreneur. She's so, she's just so cool. So I'm glad to hear that. Now people are recognizing her as the badass that she is, and she's getting everything.
2: And it's also nice whenever uh like just working actors or actresses get their flowers because it's not like oh she was ever regularly on the marquee, but it's just just plodding away yep. year after year, decade after decade, doing mm-hmm. quality work, and then here now, 30 some years later, it's like, oh, oh yeah. no, this person that you've always seen is actually really <laughs> great, and we need to celebrate her.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> right, because exactly. she's been around for forever she's one of those faces you recognize she's a name you recognize but Mm -hmm. she's like not one of those people that's like you said been at the top of the marquee but she's always been around like for as long as i've been alive she's been doing stuff Mm -hmm.
0: definitely and she's like yeah definitely i hate that it's that person and now she's more than that now so that's pretty good
3: she was even in friday which is one of my favorite. Movies. Yeah, she's in all the
4: Fridays. <laughs>
2: yeah, and wasn't she on one of the the Law and Orders, or she had some sort of a.
4: She was a police in a cop, procedural. Yes,
3: she was in a cop show, um, like on TNT. If you and that that she like did everything for because she's just amazing. Right. Yeah,
0: that is awesome. Um, so the the person who's writing the first treatment of the script for uh, Bitterroot is actually um, comic book writer Brian Edward Hill as well. So oh, that's nice. another another cool name to hear. You know that uh, is doing really. Is was he,
2: did he did he do uh, the Killmonger mini?
0: He did the Killmonger mini. Yes, recently and that was yes. of, pretty good.
2: That was uh, fantastic. I didn't like. He did a uh, Fallen Angels, and that was not very good. But I don't know if that was him or that was just a uh, editorial mandate. But that book was let's
0: <laughs> just say it was editorial. I'm, I'm guessing it was <laughs> because I love Laura Kinney and when you write a Laura Kinney that's not likable by me that's not a good sign <laughs> <laughs> and Fallen Angels had the uh had had an x-23 that I did not like that much so
1: all oh, uh, the characters I didn't like
0: that yeah definitely
2: yeah I didn't like it I didn't like Cable in that book I didn't like Psylocke in that book like not <laughs> yeah and <laughs> and, and now, they, they all felt a little off
0: and now Cable has an awesome. Solo series and and Psylocke is in Hellions, which is insane and, and still a lot of fun. That's probably the craziest of all the of the X comics now. So it's, it's pretty good.
4: And
2: also on the uh, the Bitter Root movie, they have a uh, Ryan Coogler's uh, production company
0: producing, yes. which is always a good sign of quality. Right? Yeah.
2: If you get as many marks of quality out of project as you can,
0: yes, absolutely. So hopefully that also means we'll get Michael B. Jordan if uh, Reagan is working on it, so.
2: true, sure, yeah, in some capacity. Again, market quality, Michael B. Jordan's great at everything.
0: Yes, definitely. Okay, well, um, that will lead us into our main topic, which is Bitterroot Volume 1, uh, which we just were talking about a, bit, a little bit here. Um, Richard, this was your choice. Uh, do you want to kind of uh, give us a background of the book or a synopsis of the book and also let us know why you chose the book for this uh, episode?
2: Absolutely. Um, well, yeah, Bitter Room Volume One. Uh, or or we could have just called it Harlem Renaissance Ghostbusters, because that's essentially <laughs> what it is. It's I like that. such a fantastic. <laughs> yes. Such a fantastic book. It it has been on my reading list for quite some time. And honestly, the reason why I was like, let's pick it now is just because it was in the news. So why not? You know, get a little synergy going. But no, the book is so so good. Like Sanford Greed is just it's an art he's such a weird artist where that the style is so exaggerated but then gives you depth and realness at the same time like it looks very cartoony but then very visceral and real so I really enjoyed that but Mm -hmm. as far as the uh storytelling for the book one thing that I love about any new book I come in is that when they don't hold your hand like I love walking into like a good comic book story where you're in the midst of something it's not you know it's not amazing fantasy 15 where it's like, here we're introducing this character and you know, beat by beat, and but like, no, you jump into this world, there's this family, this family has a lot going on, this family is fractured, and like and they just basically throw you into the deep end of the pool and tell you, hey, swim, you'll figure it out, you'll love it.
0: <laughs> no, totally. And for an ensemble book, too. That's that's a, a mighty feat to do and still so make it, make it a lot of fun.
2: I mean, there are a, a, a many proper nouns in this book that it's hard to keep track of because you know they are throwing again a lot at the wall. But you know, by like after a few issues in, you figure it out.
0: <laughs> no, totally.
1: With a lot but of mysteries, uh, but yeah, you're like you're saying, you figure it out. It's very well written.
2: Right.
0: Yep. Yeah. And so I. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, no, please go
0: ahead. Oh, oh, yeah. I, no, I, I was just gonna say, echo the same thing that you just said about how. It, it's great to to get a story about a family and get the idea of that you know that there is a lot of family drama going on, but it's not like oh we don't talk to this cousin because of this and we you know like you learn it through the story as right. well as you you learn that it's not you know you learn that this family has been doing what they've been doing for years and decades and not everyone agrees on how to do it and and also. Um, and so there, there's some animosity there as well as um, some kind of drama
2: going on. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so I mean, I guess we should, you know, give the premise. This is where, oh, I, I feel like <laughs> I'm speaking about it a little bit obliquely. So yeah, <laughs> the book's by written uh, by David F. Walker and Chuck Brown, and the main uh, pencils are by Sanford Green. And the whole premise of it is that you have the, uh, I guess I, I believe it's pronounced Sangurai.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was pronouncing in my head Sangri or Sangrai. So, yeah. I yeah. think
2: Sangrai. Sounds good. I, I'm, I'm, I, that's my assumption. But the whole premise is that the Sangrai family are, like, these monster hunters. But the way that the monsters appear in society is that uh, they're called jinu or the name of the monsters. And it's basically when a human gets infected just with hatred and greed and evil, they turn into a demon, essentially. And, uh, Because it's the 1920s, it's in Harlem. A lot of the people that are turning evil are, you know, racist white supremacists. You know, KKK, just terrible assholes. And it's it's beautiful to see their comeuppance. Um, And basically, the uh, I want to say the main conflict within the family is uh, prior to the book being created. Apparently, some stuff went down that fractured the family. And the main faction of the family that you're introduced to, which is uh, Mar- Ma Etta, who's the matriarch, Berg, who's like, uh, Berg is a character I like because he he looks like a heavy, brutish character, but he's like the most uh, loquacious and erudite of the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, younger, you know, woman named Blink, and then the youngest is a Cullen who's kind of like just starting out. And their whole deal is that they're like, no, you you purify these people, you save them, you heal them and then you have another uh, member of the family ford who's like you know old school shaft and basically yes. you know he's he's on his uh his death wish type of thing, where he's just like shoot first, ask questions later, and he's mm-hmm. like, "These people don't need to be healed. You just <laughs> you, you mow them down." Yeah,
0: I think he says like, "You amputate. You don't. You yeah, don't." He's hear. the
1: amputation.
2: Yeah, yes, so. amputation, not purification, is basically yeah. his premise. And then the final member of the family that we're introduced—actually, not quite the final member, but the final member of the main cast thus far—is Uncle Enoch. And Uncle Enoch is like, "All right." You guys are kind of doing science to fight the demons, but I'm gonna do science and ma- magic science, and alchemy.
1: Magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: And it's just kind of like, okay, he has a lot going on. And whatever fractured the family, he seems to be at the center of it because he seems all but ex- excommunicated at the beginning of the book.
0: Yes. Even though he's um, still- so he yeah, uh,
2: but that's the basic premise. It's uh it's interesting. they the the main family is based out of Harlem and during the Harlem Renaissance, and it seems to be like an understanding because there are some police officers there that know that hey these are the people that deal like like these are the ghostbusters you go mm-hmm. holler at them if you have a ghost issue but the general populace is unaware of this so when stuff goes down there's a lot of miscommunication you know <laughs> and hijinks that goes on and then um what you find out in this uh, first collection is that the genus are not the only demons there is also uh in which are humans who uh, basically, they transform into de- uh, demons, but instead of being because of their evilness or their greed, it's more that like their souls are broken, like they've experienced so much sorrow and pain and tragedy in their life that they've been mutated into something else. And the main conflict is uh, a pair of uh, in Zondu, Dr. Sylvester and Miss Nightingale, who uh, basically They experienced and survived the uh, Tulsa Tulsa race massacre. And basically they're aware of the Sangurai and they're like, hey, they do this this way. But like, we have power now. We don't have to, we don't have to be victims anymore. We can lash out. But in in that lashing out, they understand that uh, there's, uh, I guess, higher powers going on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And their lashing out is causing much more issues than it's causing solutions.
0: <laughs> Literal dimensional portals opening up. Right. <laughs> Demons coming out of them. So yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was I thought one of those really cool that um that they used something as as tragic as as Tulsa to, to kind of give a backstory and some sympathy to to what is basically the antagonist in this, in this story. Right. And, and um I also Totally, hundred percent agree with you. I love, I think maybe because I'm a big guy who has a heart of gold, or at least I think I have a heart <laughs> of gold. I love like the the big softies, and so yeah. So so Berg definitely was, was you know, a place had a place in my heart, especially when um, like he he does. We're okay with, with talking about spoilers here, so okay. um, you know, he does get infected by um the Zadu um and, and Nightingale. Yes. Yeah. And and so. um, And And her
2: and Zadu uh, design is
1: excellent. Oh
0: Oh, man, yes, that was really cool. I yeah, the kind of like almost like a crow demon. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And um and so he that's one other part of the story is that they're trying to find a cure for him, but they've only ever dealt with Janu, um and so they have to get uncle enoch who has actually dealt with with these type of demons before to to come back and and so he so at the, by the end of the of the comic you have uncle enoch as well as as ford coming back to the to the us or to i'm sorry to harlem and they're all kind of reuniting to to fight this uh this this uh what was the doctor what was his name doctor Doctor sylvester Doctor sylvester yes and so um a very good way to get the team back together especially since we didn't know how the team kind of fell apart apart. (laughs) so very cool um i did i loved ford's introduction being down in the south um fighting the kkk and 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 and
1: hillbilly Archie, what was his name (laughs) oh john johnny
2: Johnny ray knox Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Which I, I love thought Bill RG, that it's like, so good.
4: how, how <laughs> that he's is a he description. Like. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: so, he um yeah, and, and I lo- I just I, I like the fact that he just kind of becomes the hapless sidekick. Um, have have you guys read past volume 1 by any chance?
2: I did I didn't. it just so I could focus
0: okay, on cool. this. I I I've read the I read the comic as it's been coming out monthly. Um, my my when i was first reading the book my only complaint was that there's so many people that this is kind of hard to read monthly so i was more than happy to read this collected as one volume and it proved me right that that was really the only problem was just so many characters going and so many different plot lines you want at the same time it was hard to follow on a month-to-month basis but reading it all in one sitting perfect it was yeah. no problem. I know. Exactly. I
4: mean,
2: I, I feel like that's not just a critique of Root, but just so many uh, comics. just really good narratives, comics that come out. But it's like, you know, when you have all so many, like uh, almost a Game of Thrones level of a uh, cast with uh mm-hmm. so many unique names. Yeah, when you're reading it month to month, it's just hard to keep track of everybody. Mm-hmm. I felt yeah, the same every way. once
1: in a while, you want a text box at the top. Give me that name right. more than once. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. I felt the same and way the, uh, about
2: Saga. Um, one, of, one of the uh, anime narrators where they're just kind of like, yes. this right. is what the story's been thus far.
0: Right. <laughs> or, or even like kind of like um, Speed Racer with Racer X, whatever time they... Yeah. they just, Racer, X. Racer X is actually Speed's <laughs> brother and he doesn't yes. know that. It's like, yes. So yeah, Blink is actually the cousin I I had forgotten. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, thank you.
2: I was going to say, since we got into spoiler territory, we have to speak about one of the best parts of the book. Uncle Enoch has like little cute like- Oh, they're so adorable. Robot homunculi. They're so adorable (laughs) and awesome.
4: Yeah. (laughs) And
1: speaking of Scotty Young, did a variant cover for him and was cute.
0: Nice. (laughs) Oh yeah, that is gorgeous. That's fun um yeah yeah that really reminded me of the era of x-men when uh Mike Crawler had the little baby um oh the band colors the Bams. yeah and so and i'm i'm all for that that's awesome i like little mm-hmm. little fun minion i even like the minions from and they all, had, all minutes. they from, had
1: metal arms yeah and mm-hmm. metal eye things they <laughs> like, were they were really well designed
0: yeah because you could tell they've all gotten into trouble somehow and, and have lost limbs. And <laughs> done oh, yeah. Stupid no, no. Things.
2: Oh, no. If they want to do a, a solo issue of just them getting into some mischief, like, I'm here yeah. for it. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. <Exactly. laughs> no, that Absolutely. was pretty, yeah, pretty cool, yeah. And, um, yeah, that, yeah, that was actually that was one of the big things on my list here. The um,
1: art in this book, speaking of well-designed, I just want to say the art in this book was really good. Like, because of the coloring was so fantastic Mm -hmm. like holy shit um really well designed because so much of it is very dark that if you're going with all these weird colors which there were so many weird almost psychedelic colors at a lot of places go back to like a map of the sun where a lot of people complained about the colors in that book that were weird crazy choices lots of pinks lots of purples Kind of odd people didn't like it for that book because probably it was, oh, it's just normal girls doing normal things. Here it's crazy things are happening so people probably didn't complain about it in this book I hope because it was great Uh, but that does mean with weird colors it can be sometimes hard to like see facial expressions like when skin isn't normal skin colors and doesn't have normal skin shadows if like it's purple and green uh, sometimes that can make facial expressions hard to see Uh, And it never was like the art, the line work was so good. And the character designs were (laughs) so distinct that everything was always really easy to see. Like, I didn't always know everybody's name (laughs) 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 because, you know, we got them once and then we moved on really fast. But I was always really aware of who each character was and where they stood, even like the cops that showed up once and then showed up once again, like three issues later, (laughs) Right. Like I, I remembered who they were because they were very distinct character designs and had very distinct voices. Um, and, you know, they were at night and they were in this dark blue light with this dark blue shadow. And that could be difficult if your line work wasn't really good. But it really was. I just, I really liked the art in this book.
3: Yeah i agree
2: i was gonna say to the point you're making darcy i mean probably shout out the uh, colorist uh, rico mm. renzi and also sanford green did a lot of the color work as well oh,
4: but 100%. to the point
2: that you you were making um there is one point uh when uh berg is uh transformed into the monster when they're trying to heal him mm. there is one part where the coloring because of the lighting is a little bit off so that in the panel just before they heal him he looks healed already because since it's a darker room, he just doesn't have that shade of green anymore. He just kind of has his own silhouette color. And then the next page, it's like, "Oh no, no, no! He's still a monster." Give it a
4: sec. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's I don't really remember what you're talking about, but I, you're probably <laughs> right. I yeah. I remember when he goes from green to, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. I can see that. Yeah. And that, uh, like Doctor Sylvester's lab. You know, that real pop of neon green that was mm-hmm. very much and the the serum, uh, you know, this that neon green and that bright purple that was coming through there. There's a lot of really fantastic color work that you wouldn't yeah. see in a lot of vintage era comics. This is a historical, but we're going to pop you with all the science color that normally comes in comics that are in the 60s or the modern era. So there's a good mix there
0: yeah and, Definitely. The, and like the modern weapons in in you know the the modern style weapons that are used like um, <laughs> ford's bazooka that has the uh the the serum in it oh man that's that was really awesome also ford uh best facial hair in in, the comic. yes. Probably in most comics <laughs> no no um,
2: i don't know if anyone's cosplays as ford yet but that is
0: that's a winner. Yeah. <laughs> no I don't word. know. I
1: liked Berg and his big beard. Yeah.
0: Berg is cool. And then, and, and, uh, and, and then like the tattoo on, on the, the forehead.
1: On the side it's, of yeah. his the head, side of the head. Yeah. That was
0: really cool too. No, all the character designs are great. Um, Ma was uh, it, I, when like the first couple issues i'm like oh she's just there to kind of be the foil and be like the old ways and then she has her moment to shine in like the third or fourth mm-hmm. issue where she just becomes a badass as well and just starts kicking ass and i'm like okay this is great and then explains and then also is like and then realizes that keeping blink from not fighting is the wrong thing to do and and to let her fight um
2: no definitely that- definitely the uh the quote I, I wrote it down like the quote of the uh the book for me was my edit like when she i think is either when she was dealing with Berg she's like i'm too old to run and i'm too stubborn to quit
4: and then yeah. she's
2: like gonna bust some heads after that <laughs> she, i was just like yes get it get it old head
0: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> i i'm always i'm always up for for older older people fighting like that and like like once in future the 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 um, octogenarian monster hunter and once in future is like one of my favorite characters as well so i'm all about the the older generations standing their own and and kicking ass so it's pretty cool as long as
1: it's um, not me
4: yeah
2: (laughs) I'm 37. My back already hurts. So, like, no. But no. <laughs> yeah. if someone else wants to handle it,
4: I really do appreciate
0: <laughs> it. And I think that's where <laughs> my appreciation comes from because I know I couldn't be doing that at some point. <laughs> right, special. right. So, it's like, yeah. yeah, please, if you can do it, you do it, please. So, I'll just hang out here. And and-
2: another aspect I really liked in the book is just how they were, you know, weaving in some like real world information, like right in the beginning mm. of the first issue. Uh, when Blink is really fighting with Ma Etta about being able to go out there and fight and she uh, references Bessie Coleman.
1: Bessie Coleman, yes! <laughs>
2: and Bessie Coleman is like, one, just a fucking badass. But somehow, like, you know, because how this country works, I never found, like, I found out about Bessie Coleman a few years ago, like as a full, fully formed adult. But she was the first uh, Af- first African-American person, generally African-American woman and Native American woman because, you know, she was biracial to uh, mm-hmm. ever have a, uh, a, a pilot's license in the United States. And because, you know, the United States is what it is, especially at that time, she couldn't even get her license here. She had to go to France to learn how to fly because mm-hmm. no one here would teach her. But, you know, when she came back, she was such a novelty. She was a stunt pilot, you know, that she she made bank. And, you know, whatever, whatever power that came with her celebrity, she flexed it a little bit. So there would be events where The people running the events would be like, oh, it's whites only. And she's like, well, if it's whites only, I'm not performing. Or even if it was a mixed race crowd, if she was like, if there's separate entrances, I will not be performing. So you figure it out. And she Mm -hmm. flexed the power that she did have to, you know, get a certain, you know, a modicum of equality in that time. And so, like, when you're referencing people like that, when you're referencing the Tulsa race massacre, like, it's really like, you know, it just gives Mm -hmm. a, a depth and a texture to that world that I really appreciated.
0: No, definitely. And and also, uh, like, when the the two police officers are are murdered in the park in, in Harlem and, and then it's the police's first reaction is to go bust heads at a, at a jazz club, you know? I mean, like, I don't know if that's referencing the exact moment in history, but that's definitely something that, that would happen and unfortunately kind of still happens to this day where it's just, like, a, a, a very travesty of justice going on so
3: if anyone's interested there's a fascinating history of all the expat americans who lived in france during the 1920s and 30s right before world war ii and um a lot of a lot of um african americans who could not like do anything here in the states they fled to france because that's where they were welcomed and they were treated with you know, dignity and respect. And so there's a ton, this, it's really, really fascinating. There's just a lot mm-hmm. of people who were over there and really made connections and really created a network of security and safety and being able to be like financially independent and they didn't want to come back to America and I don't blame them. Yeah.
4: <laughs> they, had right. to,
3: they had to because of World War II, unfortunately <sighs> for a lot of people, yeah. but it's very, very fascinating.
0: If a country sucks so much that a person like Josephine Baker has to leave, then there's problems.
3: Also, like, has
2: to leave not in, like, 2001 time or 2021 times where it's like, we're going to hop on a flight. It's like, you're, yeah. you're going to be on, like, a month's long boat ride. Yeah. You're going to get there. You're not going to know anybody, know the language were there even translation books at the time like uh you know english to french dictionary i don't even know <laughs> but like you're, you're, you're like you're Holy like the situation yes. so fucked that like you know what i'm gonna just take my chances with that
0: <laughs> yeah exactly it's just, just t- tells you a lot but what stuff like that but what's going on back then um but yeah so yeah all the character designs f- fantastic um i i um the 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 doctor as he as he gets more and more corrupt he starts looking more kind of like almost like a like a gin or like a genie which i thought was mm-hmm. kind of a clever idea as well definitely gives him that kind of extra uh, supernatural look look and um and and the more and more he the more and more he kind of dives down that hole becomes more like a demon
1: i also like that he's not so much like he's yeah. a he's doing bad things but is he a bad guy
0: i feel like he got corrupted and that yeah and that it's not really his fault that he got corrupted mm-hmm. that he's actually yeah. true because they because they were truly fighting this at first yeah
1: he, he's 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 yeah. got he's got intentions that yeah. are interesting
0: exactly
2: yeah no i mean it's a great story across the board about trauma like you know you absolutely. see absolutely what- Dr. Sylvester, Miss Nightingale's trauma, what it does to the, them. You know, you see the, the the trauma and how it fractured the Sangre family. Even like uh, when, you see, when you meet Johnny Ray Knox, just like, right. he's like, oh yeah, no, I've never lynched anyone before, but just the trauma of being in that society, he feels right. that that's the right thing to do. That's where he needs to be. And then once he, you know, sees the situation from a different angle, he, he understands how wrong he was. And he's like, how can I help?
1: I The one thing I'd like to see and maybe it comes up later is the journey between uh, Mississippi and New York (laughs) because him going from uh, uh, hillbilly Archie to he looks almost almost not quite but almost like a badass by the time (laughs) they hit that. Oh, look, they're standing there on the top of that building. I want to see his journey there. How, so, how 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 exactly did ford get him to that
4: <laughs> so
2: there's also two- i do vote darcy that from this point on we only refer to him as hillbilly archie because that is perfect
4: that's <laughs> so what he looks like no
2: away. no you nailed it
0: no so um <laughs> so the the series is is up to issue 12 um and that's 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 um an- has been another another volume and they're working on the third volume right now um, they're definitely uh this is not really a spoiler um ford and uh and hillbilly archie uh returned to the south to help fight oh, cool. Ooh, so awesome. so so yeah you do get a little more uh, of that of that environment but you don't unfortunately find out exactly what happened between between the south and and uh, and harlem so Um, but he's a
1: bit of a miracle worker there because yeah (laughs) Yeah. I was like he's kind of a badass all of a sudden how did that happen
0: he's kind of like squared (laughs) away he kind of like the the slump in his shoulders is gone by that time as well yeah it's Mm. totally totally different we need
2: like a a Django vignette like when uh, the doctor teaches him how to shoot and everything
0: exactly And I just love, I love also the fact that like he's like helping out in the kitchen. He's just like you know, he's he's just he's just there to to assist. You know, That's- I feel like
2: you do have a come to Jesus moment when you see that your friends and family were literal demons. You're yes. kind of like,
0: oh, you yeah, would have yeah, to
4: wrong. Wrong. You would
0: have to. It comes a little more into his story. Um, it's a huge spoiler, so I'm not going to get into it. But you cool. do you do learn a little more about his family. Um, okay. coming up um also um, i'm not gonna say what character it is but there there's some major character development that happens in the next few issues um and literally there's a scene in issue 12 that le- left me in literal tears not bad oh, tears. Wow. absolutely wonderful great tears because the character that you're meeting in the first volume that's all i'm gonna say is they're in the first volume um the their progression kind of hits an apex at issue 12 oh really and it's like holy crap this is like the coolest character and this is the best thing that could possibly happen to them it's like that's so that's so amazing you know like i'm like i'm glad we went down this journey so that's all i'm gonna say um i actually literally tweeted out um using the new internets um the creators (laughs) of bitter root after i read issue 12 and said this issue literally had me in tears. I'm like, thank you. This is actually why I read comics. Is this is this issue? So the, Did you get a response? I did. They oh, were like super Thank sweet. you. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I was gonna say
2: I haven't teared up in a comic in a in a in, a, in a, about a year and change. So <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. I'm a <laughs> crier. To I'm a crier, so my oh,
2: so so me. I the last book that made me tear up, I was reading uh I think it's the current volume of Fantastic Four, issue six, when uh the thing Ben and uh, Alicia Masters finally get married and I was yes. reading it at work and it's like you know a slow night at work I'm just reading it on my iPad and I'm like am I crying <laughs> right, like, <laughs> and I was just like wait do people <laughs> see me crying reading this comic book because it's beautiful
4: it's that so got me
2: sweet. that got me in a um what was it the, the book the the miniseries they did a, a year or so ago where they did the uh, history of the Marvel Universe, it was basically uh, Franklin and uh, Galactus
1: just yeah 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 uh, the
2: history of the Marvel Universe at the oh end. Oh my
1: gosh! Mm-hmm. Yes, uh,
0: it, I think but, it was uh, just called the uh, history of the it Universe. It opens
2: one of the issues, yeah, it just... and it's yeah. it's a uh, Mystique and uh, Destiny, and they mm-hmm. finally yeah. get to kiss and be like, "No, these people are a couple." <laughs> yes, <laughs> fuck all your innuendo. Like it's exactly. obvious that they're a couple, and I was just like, "Well, this is beautiful," and I'm happy now.
0: Yeah. And, and you actually remind me of a theory spot that I had recently because of Mystique as well. Um, because of shenanigans on in the the current Xbox um, characters that have the powers like destiny are not allowed on Crack Cone. Yes. And because because they their pro, their powers will basically cause the entire society to collapse. And well, <laughs> so Mystique is literally like approaching the the council that the government every day begging for them to allow destiny onto the island and it's it's another like tearjerker just like come on she doesn't know why this is not happening you know like right let it happen
2: the thing is is this is that is it would it destroy the society or is uh more or just a little bit uh a little Paramount? bitter
0: <laughs> and, and bitter yeah oh yeah from from the from house of x yeah yeah definitely
1: yeah. <laughs> with good I reason. cried <laughs> I cried last week, so oh, yeah. a lot. Oh, I th-
0: I think you and I, Darcy, are the uh, definitely the criers on this podcast. Yeah. We're, we're the ones that are going to cheer. Really? Up. Yeah. I
3: can't get through most of our reading because I cried. <laughs>
0: okay, well. <laughs> maybe we'll be the most tearfelt tearful uh, one
2: if you start rating books you could be like uh i rate that this book was perfect five tiers <laughs> I, I, I,
4: think,
0: I think perfect would be 96 tiers, just like the song maybe oh, yes.
4: um
0: well uh since we are talking about spoilers what did you guys think about the last couple pages the the reveal at the end i
4: uh, i thought it
2: was awesome i didn't know that that's where it was going. Um, basically, uh, part of the friction with the family is uh, Uncle Enoch. We, we still don't know exactly what he did. But a bit, I guess a lot of the family got sucked into a portal to the, you know, the gateway to the other side where the demons come from. And then when uh, they send Cullen to pick up Uncle Enoch, another portal gets opened up and uh, Cullen gets sucked in. But at the end of the issue, he comes back. And he saves the day and he comes back with someone else and he's much older and he returns with uh, Blink's mother. And that's basically where the issue ends. Yes.
1: <laughs> he and also comes out a badass. Yeah.
0: Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully armored, bunch of pouches. He's
2: mopped. been in the gym. He's yeah. tall and statuesque now. Rob Life And Lakers a competent fighter in a way that he's not a better he wasn't jawline.
1: Before.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yes
2: <laughs> and uh, i wish I, w- I could go away for a few weeks come back with a better draw line yeah. i
0: mean
2: well, not even a few weeks a few minutes he was only gone for like yeah. minutes.
0: um not a huge spoiler because this how always happens in in books like this the other dimension time goes differently so he was yeah. he was he was gone a lot, a, a lot longer than than what it appeared to be
2: he's um, uh he's on a iliana limbo rules
0: yes exactly so this this comic needs more dark child in it. Definitely, yeah. that's every comic. Um,
2: one thing I did like about <laughs> the book is that, uh, so it's a very sophisticated, you know, very deep story. But then when you get to the end of that last issue, Doctor Sylvester is very uh Skeletor Doctor Claw. He's like, "I'll get you next
1: time." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: like it was just like oh wow we we went for a very happy president uh uh premise at the end there i like it
1: (laughs) i thought it was funny yeah (laughs) i liked it a lot (laughs) but it was sad before
0: right 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 oh yeah the moment that they had it pulled you
1: yeah that that got me pretty hard i don't know that i cried but it got me pretty hard and
0: and that moment broke him and i think that's why he Mm -hmm. all of a sudden he becomes cartoony at the end is because he there you go because, because he's definitely broken at that moment and uh, even more than he was before. So um, the-
1: I thought the paneling for the taking away and bringing back people into the alternate dimension or wherever they were going was really well done mm-hmm. because it was fairly standard paneling throughout the book, but then it slipped when they yes. went out when cullen went out into the alternate dimension and Colin came back from the alternate dimension the panel slipped and i really liked that i thought that was clever
0: no it, yeah i actually just turned to one of the page where he f- first ends up in the other dimension and that is i didn't really notice it the first or second time i read it but yeah this time you can totally see like the um he's always straight with the panel but the panels are crooked
1: so mm-hmm.
0: it, it's it definitely shows him falling and like and going into a, a weird strange place so yeah i just character designs and, and the facial expressions are just the the top part of this book
1: yeah there's a lot of a lot of really I, I mean i i hate to say stuff like this because then i feel bad about every other comic i ever talk about and think about and read but they put a lot of thought into this shit it was clever it was well done mm-hmm. yes they worked on it
2: Okay. Um, one thing I will say about it, it seems to have a a, a very interesting production schedule because it seems to just come out in five issue bursts. Yes, and in that way, I mm. feel like you have a lot more time to work on it because mm. you're not you're not you're not over here trying to make a deadline. Oh, we need to make twelve issues every month. You know, when you read right. books from the big two, it's like oh, you read the first three issue. I think it was like um, uh, what am I thinking? Uh, maybe Uncanny Avengers when they were doing a big push for that. First three issues, I think it was uh Rick M- Remender and John Cassidy. Then John Cassidy's just on covers, and the rest of the art suffers.
0: Yep, exactly. <laughs> and and I, I that's one of the best things about independent books is that they can create their own schedule. And mm. and in, in this situation, yeah, there it's five book bursts, and also. I th- um, they did do a summer special between the first and second volume. I don't think they did a special during between the second and third. I don't remember there being one. So,
2: no, so, not not as of yet.
0: Yeah. So it is. Uh, but yeah, it, it definitely helps keep the art consistent and it keeps the same artist. also i mean
2: also i'm sure it helps with brainstorming you know you mm-hmm. when you're not making a deadline you got time Absolutely. to be like we're, we're yeah. gonna work a little bit longer on this premise
0: yes yeah no totally
1: flesh that stuff out yes, and yes. not wasting any uh, filler issues Did,
0: i <laughs> i would like to see the 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 notes that went into creating this book because there's so much fleshing out of these characters that there's got to be pages upon pages of just like of like w- the backgrounds of each of these characters so
2: well i mean when you look at the end of the uh, the uh the, the trade or the individual mm-hmm. issues they seem to have interviews with like you know scholars and african-american studies yeah. or whatever so it definitely looks like they this book on top of everything else is very well researched and mm-hmm. you know they're passing it around with uh people that know the error know the subject matter to you know help you know help with the quality
0: oh yeah I, and the the back matter is just fantastic i that's actually another part of my favorite part of this and actually i'm really happy that that came went into the into the trade paperbacks you know mm-hmm. because a lot of times the back matter disappears and yeah
2: definitely i, I was pleasantly surprised because i read the uh, individual issues but then when i through the trade to make sure everything was there and there was nothing different i was pleasantly surprised that those were all there
0: yeah oh totally Um, and also all the variant issue covers including the akira uh issue the but the uh issue number one ebay variant by sanford green which looks like akira but it's colon going to a motorcycle
2: so before the- I even read the book, I came across that cover. And it's like, oh, I want this thing. I don't know what book this is, but I want this thing. And it is not cheap.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: The variants were all really good. Yes.
2: And like, you know, some top tier artists. There's this, uh, I saw a Sienkiewicz variant. I saw a uh, Mike McNola variant. Like, it's all real mm-hmm. high quality stuff.
0: And Dennis Collins always. yeah. yeah just great stuff.
1: Sienkiewicz was that the one with the birds nightingales
0: yes yeah I, so. I loved that I one. I think
1: it's a yeah loved it's a very frightening issue too yeah I, I think that was my I favorite. just I love Sienkiewicz yeah <laughs> I don't but know- like
2: I just love his art and it also seems like he's a good dude which <laughs> you don't get that all the time so
1: no <laughs> accurate
3: <laughs> I think it was issue number four the variant um, I think that was blinks. It like it was like all pastel watercolors.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really David pretty. Mack. Oh yeah, okay, yes. yeah.
0: Very, very pretty. I like that one was, a lot.
1: Yes, that was gorgeous. Okay.
0: Well, um, I think we've we've covered a, a lot of this book. uh do you guys have any final thoughts before we, we move on?
2: Um just i would like more <laughs> i know that we've only scratched the surface once, and not even not even necessarily uh more bitter root but just what we were talking about the production aspect just more where like if you can like especially you know with these independent books take the time with the comics like i would rather wait for this story to unfold over four or five years than get it all in a year or two but you know there's like Darcy was saying, there's filler issues. There's issues that just don't keep the same level of quality, you know, month to month.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope, and this kind of brings us back to the news portion, I hope they pull the aesthetic out if they're adapting it. Those colors for me are so instrumental to what I enjoy mm. about this. Like, I love the story. The story so excellent, but the colors are so important. I hope they're able to bring that out and put that in in the movie show. I don't actually remember what they're doing. I just know they're doing something. Is it a movie or a show? I think it's a movie. Into the movie. Oh, I yeah. wish it was a show now. Okay. Into the <laughs> movie. Know, right? <laughs> whatever they're doing with it i hope they pull out the colors because oh those purples gorgeous they,
0: they better have a good set designer and a good uh, director of photography
1: i hope yeah. so
0: yeah and I'm, I'm sure that they'll get that that vibe though and Who also I,
2: I um as far as the movie i hope that they they trust the audience because like mm, i feel like yes. so many times with these adaptations it's like well that aspect's too weird like the portals with demons it's too weird so let's make them secret agents or something. And it's like, you're going to take away from the premise. Like, trust the audience. We'll yes. go on the journey with you.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, we'll get it. We understand. We'll, we'll, we will understand it, definitely. Um, especially nowadays with the way, with comic book movies, The the majority of the public, gets it. <laughs> and I think I think I've always had a mantra when reading comics, you know, when there's something I can't explain it's just because comics. And I feel that that's starting to become a mantra for for a lot of people who just watch comic book movies not really read comics. So I think they're getting it now. So Please make it weird. Right. Keep comics weird. <laughs>
2: that guy's a spider man. Like,
0: don't think yeah. too hard. <laughs> yeah, right? it's like, Yeah, this guy survived a, a a nuclear bomb, and now he turns into a big giant green guy. It's like,
2: yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you don't have to. You don't have to scrutinize much else after that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Don't worry. It's it, you'll, you'll get it. Um, but and that's the thing too is that um, because it'll be such an uh, ensemble movie that I, I hope. I, I feel that they're probably going to feel like it's necessary to have a central point of view, and I hope they do it in a fashion that doesn't kind of uh, muddle or or make this book water it down in any way. Because they're and I'm hoping they don't create a new character to be that central point of view to be the the audience for the movie surrogate. Yeah, the surrogate exactly. I hope I hope that does not happen, <laughs> but we'll see. So I, I, I've found it's in good hands though. I, I, I the, the, these Regina King worked on a comic book TV show that was definitely not holding hands. So uh, with Watchmen, that was definitely uh, you're jumping into the deep end and have fun type, type, uh, type movie. So uh, I, I feel like we're, we're in good hands.
1: Yeah. I think after that experience, it should be pretty, pretty good to go
2: i really need to watch that Watchmen series
0: i've only it's watched good. a tiny bit of it and i I've, i know all the spoilers but i haven't watched it and i need to watch it and i i was a little i i always kind of watched out when it first came out so that's why i didn't watch it right away but the more i heard about it i'm like okay this is this sounds amazing i have to watch this so it's definitely on my list to watch soon on hbo plus max or wb stream or whatever it's called no, it's
1: going to
2: be a
0: to discovery, be
1: discovery it is. something now. <laughs> <laughs> discovery
4: Kids. Discovery yeah, Plus there Plus. Go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
3: uh, I'm going to reread Bitter Root Volume 1 once this fever goes down.
0: Yeah.
3: I've been averaging about 101, so yeah. once it's down, I'm going to do that. K- yeah. Carrie's
0: a trooper this week <laughs> and, and has been fighting a fever. Yeah. through.
3: Yeah, yeah, I've been brewing a super bug apparently in my body for the last three weeks for several doctors now. So I Jeez. too may become a Spider-Man. So I'm really looking yeah. forward to
4: it.
3: <laughs> well, I'm
1: that re- at least would be exciting. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like I'm married to a superhero, y'all. <laughs> like it's <that's>
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Um yeah. Hopefully you do feel better as well. And, oh, I'm
3: sure I will. Thanks. Yeah. I have plenty of time off now from work to, yeah. to read. So I'll be doing that.
0: So we'll go ahead and move on to our discussion which will be probably pretty fast um it actually kind of relates to everything else uh, and that is uh what other indie comic properties would you like to see turned into movies or tv shows and why you don't have to necessarily say why but why can be just because it sounds cool <laughs> you know but i just uh, um i i wrote down a couple here to to start if you guys uh like uh, I think
1: my my primary would be yeah. uh Paper Girls and it's already being made. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. that's right. So so my secondary is going to be Sleepless, uh, because it would be awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, Sleepless would make a good live action. Like, tell actually it would make a good movie as well. I think it would. It would-
1: yeah i think it would be i think it would actually work as a movie it's got a definitive beginning definitive end it's got a good middle point that splits it's not too long i I think a lot of these oh we're going to make them movies would work much better a series um Mm -hmm. but i think it would work better as a movie
0: no totally
3: um the the one i really would want um and this is the this is the comic that got me into comics this is the Carrie origin story. It's fell <laughs> by Warren Ellis. Now, the reason I don't want this to happen is I don't want that motherfucker getting any money because I don't, <laughs> I don't like Warren Ellis at all. I think he's a horrible human being. And when I fell in love with the comic fell, it was coming out pretty regularly. I think it was um, like a monthly, but then all of a sudden it stopped. And, and it was because he wasn't getting enough money for it. So the project fell, but um, mm. it was, it's basically every every issue felt like an episode. Like it, it already felt episodic and it already felt like, I don't know, it was just so good. And And we were like from the chat today, we were discussing like true crime and it was very paranormal, true crimey. It's now in 2021 with kind of the emergence of like the true crime genre and everybody being secretly a fan. Um, I think it would have a great audience and I think it'd be really fun, but fuck that guy. I don't want him to get any money. I mean, I literally wanted to go to um, Comic-Con one year and just bring a sign that said "fuck Warren Ellis," but Brian wouldn't <laughs> let me. <laughs> so
0: I was just just, like, just okay. well, Before most of the allegations came out, so yeah, this
3: was a while if, ago.
0: If she came up to me and said that now I probably would that. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this was like probably we in 2010. I was like, okay, I guess I. Can't oh do that. wait, wait! Why were you like? You were Fuck ahead Warren of the Ellis game. 2010.
3: Um, because he because he was like to me okay and this is naive and I understand that now but as someone who's always been a creative just for being a creative sake and I even hate saying that because I think it sounds pompous but to me like being a creative person has always been like unfortunately you have to keep your day job and live your dream at night and not because you want to but because that's just unfortunately the reality of a capitalist society And so when he was creating things that I was actually like falling in love with and braving my local comic book shop, which was super creepy as a, as a Brown woman to go like buy comics that it was something so sacred to me as I was like developing this relationship with comics. And then for me to read articles that like, basically he pulled the project because he wasn't getting enough money for it. Mm. And I was just like, what an asshole. So I was way on the fuck Warren Ellis train way before it pulled out of the station. Wait. Cause I, w- I was the conductor. <laughs> I was wearing the little hat and I was like, nah, like that's not fair. Hats, so. the
2: hat overalls for the <laughs> scarf, I love it. Oh yeah,
0: I'm a big train <laughs> person. And I, I so. was like, and then a few, about uh, well, a year later, it's like, Carrie, please forgive me for every time i try to make you read Transmetropolitan.
3: Well, yeah, cause Brian's like, you have to read this, you have to read that. I'm like, no, I'm not reading it, fuck that guy. I'm not giving any more of my money
4: you know i knew i liked you thank you so the
2: warren ellis news hurt doubly because what i like so much of his work and like i'm i'm not someone like there's no sacred cows for me like i could throw any creator you know Mm -hmm. musician whatever away Mm -hmm. but like when it happened and then you know there's these allegations of grooming so that i'm talking to friends Not, not even friends but like i'm just talking to people that i know and I was like, oh, yeah, man, like, yeah, I guess they're getting more. That was of the pain, like, you know, like, oh, what'd he do? And then I tell what he did. And then people are like, oh, what's the issue with that? And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> Let me tell oh, you. And
2: issues. I'm just like, great. Now I really, like.
1: Now I got to you know, throw you work, in the trash can. Yeah.
2: so I can't not talk to you. But yeah, like, this just kind of changed the dynamic of our relationship. because. Oh, yeah. You're kind of a creep, too, so great.
0: You <laughs> don't get that, <laughs> why that's bad. Um, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Um, but yeah, well, um, I one of the first things I wanted to uh, to put on the list here, actually, um, is uh, Head headlopper. actually. I think that'd be a really fun, like, almost like a Genndy Tartakovsky-style animated cartoon not a lot of words just a lot of like fantasy action kind of happening there that would be a fun one for me
1: i've not read had lover so oh i can't say anything about it
0: <laughs> it'll probably come up very soon
1: it probably will
0: <laughs> um how about um uh, uh strangers in paradise actually oh yeah i a, love terry more as like a live action kind of drama it would like uh, once again that i think that would have to be a tv show
1: it would have to be a tv show and i'm Mm -hmm. honestly surprised it hasn't happened already yeah can i can i tell the story of my terry moore incident
0: do you guys want to hear the terry moore story absolutely okay
3: so we're at WonderCon. um i don't know like five years ago or so and um i had recently re-gotten into strangers in paradise and Strangers in Paradise um obviously was you know single issues and not like the trade paperbacks or whatever but they had this one um issue called a pocketbook so there were seven pocketbooks and they were paperback and I'm about paperbacks I'm never about hardcovers and so it was a um like several, several issues all crammed together, almost in like a manga style book, but obviously like a Western comic. So I loved it. And they were small and I don't know, they could fit in my bag. I loved it. So anyways, like I were at WonderCon and we see on the um, exhibitors list that Terry Moore's is there. And I'm like, where is he? I need to fucking go find him and say hello. Because I'm a very antisocial, like, <laughs> like introverted person. He's not like a sacred cow like Richard said but he's very much like I'm I get starstruck kind of easily and I make an ass of myself so I see <laughs> him and and he's there and instead of saying like Mr. Moore hello I'm a big fan I literally reach my hand out to shake his hand so he shakes my hand I I sandwich his hand between my two hands and i stroke his hand like I'm t- like all of a sudden this power of his like artistry will like fill me up and i'll be like really cool too and he's like hi miss and i'm just like hello and i'm stroking his hand and finally oh jesus he's staring at brian like does I, she I, need something? Like, I,
0: oh, do you guys want? Do you want to take a picture? And then I was like, care, do you want to take a picture?" She's like,
3: "No." <laughs> so I just stood there being <laughs> for it felt like forty minutes, so you, but it was you probably did a
0: more. Him as well. You're like, you are so amazing. Yeah, boy, I think
3: boy. I, I and... think I did the creepy thing. Like, oh, you're amazing, and I didn't yeah. like elaborate why I thought he was amazing. I just. <laughs> <was> like... <laughs> like, Thank you. And, then, and then I let go of his hand, and like Brian had to like walk me away. So, yeah, that was the time I really embarrassed myself in front of Terry Moore. And then now I'd be like, oh, I want a picture or a selfie or whatever. And back then I would just wanted to touch him, which seems really inappropriate, but it was.
1: A little, yeah. yeah it was weird. It's well, like, well, well, so well weird. thank
3: you, Carrie.
2: I don't feel so alone now that I know I'm not the only one on the watch list. Uh, yeah. well, <laughs> <this> devil,
0: <laughs> Terry Moore has not returned to WonderCon since. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Coincidence? We don't know. So. every every year WonderCon g- comes around and he's talking to his therapist and he's like, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: There's that one weird ass girl. Okay. Literally in his schedule I'm molested my all the cons That's are really highlighted. WonderCon is just X'd out. Like <laughs> here, here they're lame monsters. Let's not go to his place. But, yeah. Hey, Richard, has, do you Oh, sorry, go ahead? Has
1: have I feel like have they decided to do giant days i don't even like giant days but i feel like giant days is so popular that Uh, surely somebody's been talking about giant days and moving that to something
0: i love giant days i have not heard anything about it but i don't think it would make a good tv show or movie um the way the humor is in that the way it's paced they'd Mm -hmm. have to completely change the style of of humor because that makes sense. because John Allison, uh, he was originally a web comic writer, and he yes. writes he writes gag per page, and gag per page would not work in a in a cartoon or comic, you know like like there's you can't have a punchline every you know sixty seconds in in the in a in a cartoon or a, or a TV show or something so
1: it works for Bugs Bunny cartoons
0: yeah that's true I was gonna
2: say it it, it (laughs) sounds like it'd be a dope adult swim show
0: yeah (laughs) okay for for like a short form yes I would say so I would say it would work but if you're doing like a half hour an hour long tv show um it would I think I think they'd have to alter the pacing and and that would be detrimental to the the comic personally but I've been proven wrong before so but uh,
2: I would say for me not the a book that uh I necessarily really want to see um as a comic it's more I'm surprised it didn't happen was uh Rising Stars yeah because um Rising Stars was essentially like here you remember the show Heroes it was Heroes Mm -hmm. before Heroes and it was one of the few times like at the like one of the first times in that era where uh J. Michael Straczynski, who was a TV writer, came to do comics, and the whole premise was like, I, "What was it? It was like there was like a meteor or something." Yes. And every child who was conceived, like when the meteor oh. fell, had superpowers. And basically, I do they don't remember,
1: them- but yes, that sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, like they
2: yeah. put them, they raised them all together, put mm-hmm. them in a school, you know, monitored them, and then you know, as they became an adults, their powers flared. But it was like a whole thing that as one died each one's power boosted up and you know same some became heroes some became villains but like it just seems like such a simple premise it seemed like it was made to be put on tv which he's a tv writer probably was he was probably you know more (laughs) like a uh, you know script for him but i just i was so surprised it didn't happen and then like you know i enjoyed heroes when it first came out but i was just like this is a rising stars ripoff, right? It's
0: it's it almost like
1: been. <laughs>
0: it sounds like heroes meets um, Highlander as well. Like there's definitely yeah, a, a, there can only be one vibe going on there as well. So
2: I mean, yeah, but, I mean, that's basically a, the, the climax of the book.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: There's oh, a yeah. couple of those like groups of kids ones like what was that image had was it morning glories? Yes, Where they oh, had yeah, all morning those glories. kids in that school. And I don't they, even remember what that's they, about. They made but... uh,
0: they made Umbrella Um Academy into a into a show, and yeah. that's basically that as well. So they they even had the simultaneous pregnancies um, <laughs> on the show itself. So that was yeah, they, they definitely are gonna take risks, you know. So
2: also I feel like a Peter Panzerfaust would make a fun movie.
0: Oh yeah, I could totally see that as well. Very cool. Um I would like um, a non-space or weird spin-off version of Usagi Ujimbo as well because I know we're getting something but it it almost sounds like it's not going to be Usagi Yojimbo at at the core so
1: somebody's making a space Usagi Yojimbo Yeah
0: yes and there yeah,
2: is going to be a Netflix show
0: Yes and it's... there is there is a space Usagi Card, uh, comic written by Stan Sakai, but this is basically going to be that plus it's not Usagi Ujimbo, it's like a descendant of Usagi, and huh. or, and so yeah, it's yeah, it's doesn't it's it, sound. <laughs> hopefully, it'll be good, but yeah, I, um, in my category of uh, I have two in the category of why hasn't this already happened? One is Bone by Jeff Smith. Yeah,
1: that's interesting. Yes, that's a good question. Yeah. It's got to be rights right yeah.
0: yeah yeah i think it, i think it, it is rights but i mean that's something that really it's popular enough and also it, it definitely can lend itself to a to a tv show or a cartoon
1: and a fairly easy to make cartoon show
0: no tell definitely a very very nice easy drawing simple drawings yeah. um love and rockets also on my list of things yeah. i surprise mm-hmm. have not been done yet
4: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and um and i and uh, i had um skyward i don't know if you guys read skyward where no basically the gravity shuts off on earth and it's a kind of a post-apocalyptic story and like how people are surviving without any gravity
2: so do they automatically float up into the sky or is it like if you jump you keep floating um
0: you automatically you automatically float there's enough gravity where you can kind of uh, stay towards the ground or uh, towards some kind of surface but but you're basically constantly floating. And so they're, they're, they're basically one day the gravity f- turns off and, and and a bunch of people fly up into the air. Oh. And so the survivor, it's basically the, now it's the survivors. And what's really interesting about it is that the, you know how in modern society, it's kind of like the poor is at the ground level and the rich are, at the, at, are up in the sky. And this- Yeah, the story, penthouse level. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the story, the, the rich are up in the sky and the and I'm sorry, the poor are up in the sky and the rich are, are on the ground level because they can afford like magnetic boots and stuff like that. So that they, <laughs> so they'd have it at the surface and then like the poor is up in the up in the air.
3: If you make me read that comic for this <laughs> podcast, I will quit. Okay. I <laughs> hate space. I, am. I hate space and I'm I'm literally I'm standing by our fan. That's why I'm off screen. Because like I'm super fevery and hot and I don't feel good, so I'm like trying to cool off, and I'm literally getting an anxiety attack listening. <laughs> to the- so, because that's one of the biggest things I tell Brian is like, did you know that if we got off of our axis like by even three degrees, <laughs> gravity would be shit. Gravity would we- be shit, and we'd all
1: die.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've never thought about that, but now that's gonna bother me for-
3: we're, we're all going to, to
1: die we're all going to I, die Richard I you think... put me
3: on the watch list with you so now I share my snake's anxiety with <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: you <laughs> I, I um when I first read the first volume I think I was I did you know kind of look around and see what I could grab onto just in <laughs> yes, case <right. laughs> so, so yeah but no um I okay uh, that's good that you told me that because that was actually something I was planning <laughs> <on> <laughs> suggesting in the near future because it is. It, I have
1: a divorce, divorce have lawyer a like in my contacts. Oh my you goodness! Okay, <laughs> you can you can do it on the like,
2: premise for the divorce is that he, he suggested the wrong comic
4: <laughs> Yes.
1: <laughs> we're on a vacation a week, and we can do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You do it whenever
3: you want. Just yeah. let me bow out that you week. Do.
1: Yeah, and... save save your marriage, give her a yeah. vacation. <laughs>
0: um I, I, I well, think
1: I think point. uh Lonely Receiver, which is one I've talked about. Yes. Uh it could be like a it's like a horror uh lesbian chobits. Yes. <laughs> Actually that's a horror best
2: lesbian Chobits. That's amazing.
1: It's like chobits because it's it's the you know, like um sex robot doll thing. Uh, but they're lesbians, and it's a horror story. It's like yeah. a robot dystopia, future tech dystopia yeah. thing. That and sounds yeah.
2: interesting. Also, I haven't thought of Chobits in forever, so... <laughs>
1: yeah, today's been a flashback Read Lonely Receiver, you will.
0: Yes, and, and <laughs> I read the first Animorphs. issue, and I loved it, and I haven't read the rest of it yet. I know. It's it's definitely something pretty cool. It's you
2: know, See, it's now nice. that you've made me think of anime, now that Game of Thrones <laughs> has become a super successful thing, just... Mm-hmm. Give me a Berserk live-action series yes. and traumatize the world.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. That would be very nice.
1: I think there was one in um, Japan. Oh, really? I think so. Am I thinking of the wrong thing? So
0: if it was done in Japan, then it was probably good.
1: Yeah, there there was one in Japan.
0: <laughs> Just as long as Netflix is not producing it, I think it'll be fine.
1: No, it was, it was a... <laughs> oh no japanese yep. cast yeah the so japanese yeah, they did it here the japanese sorry, adaptions guys. will do a full thing there's a uh ufuri the baseball manga they did a uh stage adaption
0: nice uh, for oh, really? a baseball
1: manga which i would have loved to have seen how the hell do you do that yeah but you know whatever
0: yeah <laughs> i mean he's I was just gonna better. say yeah if
2: you do something like berserk it needs to be hbo where they're like money is no object and mm-hmm. take as long as you need like you can't do this netflix quick turnaround type of thing with it
1: absolutely did you ever read blade of the immortal
2: uh, yeah, I, yes i've read the beginning of it
1: they've got a. Uh, they did japan not netflix uh did a live action adaption of that that was mm-hmm. really good
0: but, so, so you, but you don't want to berserk um, evolution. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Guts is in high school.
0: Yeah, but yeah. the <laughs> jock guy Griffin <laughs> has all
4: the friends. God, does oh actually... God.
2: Well, well, that's gonna be my nightmare tonight.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, I, um, I also had. And this could actually be very good and or very bad is a, a wicked and divine uh live action drama kind of again a prestige drama
1: i yeah it's like the idea solid but you would have to get somebody because like that music's supposed to give you orgasms yeah so like who do you get to make that music or you've got to make quick cuts because. yeah the music would have to be incredible.
0: Exactly. Well, figure thing out, maybe. Well, this somebody needs to be, be like, John
2: Legend, I got something I need you to work on. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I like John Legend, but his music doesn't give me orgasms.
4: I
0: mean... was,
1: did we earn our explicit writing?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, yes.
1: I actually want that on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But the front says, I love John Legend. Yeah, but his back music center. doesn't give me <laughs> orgasms.
3: orgasms. I would wear it. Yes,
2: That should be, but I like John Legend has to be the front of the shirt. Uh-huh. And then the back of the shirt is, but his music doesn't give me <laughs> orgasms. And let the conversations ensue. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> and okay, well, I'm
1: surprised you didn't turn this into the Beatles somehow.
0: Actually, yeah, I... No, (laughs) you you know me, but yeah, no, I. Yeah, Yeah, no, I don't think the Beatles provide orgasms. No, they They did
1: for some women back in the day. They're just all dead now.
3: (laughs) This is gonna sound weird, but I didn't know music could make you come. I didn't think that that (laughs) was like a thing that it did. Am I missing out Th- on these something? Are, these are uh,
0: demigods. In they're they're oh. music
3: gods. So
2: so so what you have to do is you gotta you gotta download the best of Al Green. I I've heard
1: that. There that we works. go. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That might do it. I. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. Well, how, how um, have you guys read um, *Royal City* by any chance by Jeff Lemire?
1: No, no. i that's like. I think that might be the only Lemire that I've not.
0: It is an incredibly uh, sad and depressing book, and this is another Carrie will probably divorce me if I recommend this book. Yeah, um, but, That's it. that'll happen. But um, it will. Um, but 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 I think it would make a good show. Uh, basically, it's a story about a family who lost um, a child, and um, the the ghost of the of the kid is haunting every single person in the family but every single person in the family sees the kid in the ideal version that they had seen the, the child um at, when they when they were alive so the mom sees the child as a priest um the 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 ne'er-do-well like uh, hard-drinking brother sees him as a kind of another kind of like you know like loose end like hard-drinking like friend um and w- one of the characters sees him the the older sister sees him as a as like an eight-year-old boy and so yeah it's and then the that's the first volume and the second volume gets into when he's alive and how he died and then the third volume is kind of like the the into you know basically just the ending of everything yeah i
3: would actually read that yeah because my hope is to haunt people <laughs> And so I think that that's actually really cool. I think that, you know, you're not telling me something super realistic like a, the lack of gravitational pull on the, our, the planet that we live on.
0: Yeah, that's true. Oh,
3: so, yeah. No divorce. We're okay, good. sounds
0: good. <laughs> well, I, do, I do have
3: Oh, sweet. Okay, volume, yeah, I'll actually so. try to read that. And,
0: and like, the cover of the first volume, that's all the same character. That That's all the different versions of the character, how everyone sees them. So... That's cool. Know, nice.
2: So Lemire, I've never been able to get into, but I've only read his Big Two stuff. Okay. And like everything that I hear great things about is all his independent work. So I actually, I bought a, just kind of on a whim the other day, I bought Sweet Tooth number one.
0: Oh, yeah, because that's becoming a movie as well. I and mean, we didn't really talk about the that. Us oh, Vertigo, so that's probably why we didn't talk about it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, no, I've actually never read Sweet Tooth, um, but I'm a huge Descender. Ben, oh yeah, I, I definitely need to to read Sweet Tooth from what I've heard about it. And but the uh, sender is sender, yeah, is, is, great. That's that to me is his opus. That's the book that I will recommend to anybody to, 100%. to read. One hundred
1: percent, and that would make a really good, you know, like trilogy of sci-fi movies.
0: Yeah, it totally would. Like uh, if the Expanse works, like then this that would work definitely. Yeah, so. I could totally see it working but yeah well
2: something like that only scares me because i'm like the studio has to have faith to put the money behind it because like Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. needs to be a trilogy and it's like yo if you're gonna yeah if you're gonna use crappy cg or you know you're not gonna use any real sets like this you're this is gonna look hackneyed and crappy before you even get out the gate Mm -hmm. yeah
1: they they definitely would because it's got a lot of robots it's got a lot of like big monstery type things it's a lot of it, it would take some stuff it would definitely take some money so uh disney would have to do it <laughs>
0: I think, uh, yeah and i think it would be enticing for like a disney because not only do you get the sequel but you also get the prequel
1: cool. no the, the sequel uh, sequel
0: yeah yeah you, you, you know, yeah you're not only going to get a trilogy but you're gonna get a sequel trilogy out of
1: it yes, which, which
0: would be a sender or a sender and it's and it's it's different enough where where it is completely a different story, you know. So and
1: it's 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 a long running IP, but you're only having to pay one person to write. <laughs> exactly. And I guess Dustin Wynn probably gets money out of that too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, if you can help with the uh, with the, the design of the design. Yeah, that'd be great. He
1: he probably pays in. It's probably create creator owned. It's probably Lemire and
0: Dustin and yeah, Wynn. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I got my mom to briefly be interested like very, very briefly when I bought Dustin Wynn's art book and like sent it to her house. And she was like, oh, this is really, really pretty. And I'm like, yes, please read a comic. No, it didn't happen. But she read that art book. Oh, that's
0: cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, do you guys have any other books that you like to see turned into a show or a movie? Mm-hmm no i mean yeah
1: i could probably come up with tons but yeah sell (laughs) it for me at sleepless and lonely receiver
0: sounds good
2: there's a little uh indie book um i mean it has a good amount of issues called the amazing spider-man but i feel like he's really colorful a lot of action (laughs) kids would dig it
3: oh awesome
0: so would you get right
2: on that (laughs) as long
0: as they show his origin like four times like you know in four yeah four different yeah I, i'm totally for it yeah i want to see i want to see how many <laughs> i i want to see how many times we can kill uncle ben until they decide that this is too much so um all right well okay well i guess um uh, that might be it for then for our show uh do you guys have any other a thing you want to add or do you want me to bring this train to a stop
1: I think Carrie's the conductor. She should bring it to a stop.
3: I think we should thank Richard for being so amazing (laughs) and being on the show with us today. Oh,
2: no, thank you for having me. This was uh, really fun.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) You'll have to come back on again.
3: And I want to hear more about these Carmen Miami beaches another time. Yes.
2: Oh, (laughs) Oh, if you guys want to do a whole separate podcast, I can tell you about working um, graveyard shift at Miami Beach at a uh, partying hotel.
0: Oh, oh yes no. yes That's That's awesome. it's insanity <laughs> i can only imagine that it's not you, even you just kind of roll imagine. with it yeah. <laughs> it's yeah if, if <laughs> you just have to go with the flow if you if you stop the wave then you're gonna get hurt right? i
3: just feel like it's <laughs> super hot people and utter like destructive chaos oh yeah um, no, no no miami
2: beach is um the most beautiful people that you've ever seen in your life i always tell uh I would always tell guests, I was like, no matter what you're into, the most beautiful version is going to walk through that lobby. So
4: (laughs) enjoy.
2: And the thing is, is that, and and the thing is, is that no one is home. So they feel that they could behave in any irrational way. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, oh, I, I, I'm not home and no one knows me here. So let's get crazy.
0: So it's almost like a beach Vegas. Almost. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no,
2: that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's Vegas with a beach, but by virtue of having a beach, you can uh, charge beachfront property prices for everything. So it's a slightly more insane.
4: Like and,
3: uh, and I'll just be that person. I will think that Miami Beach attracts way more gorgeous people than Vegas.
4: Yes. Because yeah.
3: I think I love Vegas. I want to eventually live there. I plan on becoming a professional penny slot gambler, but I do think that the way Vegas like attracts certain types of people that we're not all beautiful who go there to like party. So I can just, I just think that like Miami beach, you need to be a certain level of hot to be able to board the plane to get to Miami.
2: I actually have this conversation fairly regularly, but the whole premise is that with Vegas, you can party um, at any price point.
3: That's a great You know, you can to go to yeah. old
2: Vegas, you can go, you know, you can stay at the Excalibur and have a good time. Mm-hmm.
3: But then,
2: you know, Miami Beach is like, oh, everything's extremely impre- expensive because it's the beach and people are bringing their A-game. So, like, there's plenty of normal people like you and me, but like, yeah, no, there's people that's like, oh, like, You've been science has made you the most beautiful person alive. <laughs> <laughs> science <laughs> and magic. Science, <laughs> magic, <laughs> and alchemy. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is this is that it doesn't discriminate. It's guy, girl, young, old, big, small, <laughs> like whatever you like. They're yeah. here.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. That's very cool. We reached the end of the show. Um, thank you to everyone for listening to our show as always uh, email us uh any questions and comments to uh, comics better at gmail.com uh instagram and twitter is uh, cdbpod our website is com, where you can get all that information in case i said it too fast just now and uh, you can also request a future episode um if you want to uh please uh follow rate and tell a friend about the podcast so get the word out um, Richard, uh, do you, do you want to give us uh, your socials or where we can find you or anything that you Oh, on?
2: I mean, I'm pretty much Topcat360 on all social medias because I made that uh, screen name in
0: 1997 and I'm Woo! not very creative. I like it. It's than- <laughs> it's, I, I don't know if you heard of a previous episode where my first screen name was Bribeat. So, yeah. Uh, it's Yes, different- I
2: did hear that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: oh, no, 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 no. So, it's worse. So, First of all, I want to say, on top of just this being awesome and thank you for having me on the show, so 36 hey. is my lucky number because when I was like 13, I heard oh. Wu-Tang 36 Chambers and this is episode 36, so yeah.
4: worked Adorable. out pretty
2: serendipitously for me. But yeah, it was literally uh, I was signing up for AOL and Top Cat was on Cartoon Network
4: mm-hmm. and Cat, Tap, Cat,
2: Top Cat 36 was taken, so I just put a zero at the end. That oh, is yeah. the uh, length of Creativity for thirteen-year-old me.
1: <laughs> That's how I got a number at the end of mine, and mine ended up being Dragon Tier sixty, and I got hit on by a bunch of old men. Oh. I thought I was sixty, and I was oh. uh, twelve. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, you know
2: what? At least their at least their heart was in the right place because there's a true. similar story yeah. where they knew you were twelve
4: yeah,
0: exactly. and they were still hitting on. That's I'm, accurate. I'm twelve and I was like, oh, shoot. right, go away. <laughs> um, well, i most of my uh, stuff has two eight one four in it. Which um uh, I wonder if anyone thinks I'm 2814 years old. <laughs> 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 Probably not though. Um, there could I only did, be
2: one bride. I,
0: I did have a friend though when I gave my email out which um had a two eight one four and it was like B Stafford at two eight one four, and they were like, What there was two thousand eight hundred and thirteen and other b staffords, and I'm like, No, like I'm like, You might be surprised, but I'm a comic book nerd and two eight one four is a very significant number in Green Lantern War. <laughs> So that's 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 where that comes from. <laughs> yeah, so. But, all right. Well, um, Darcy, where can we find you?
1: It's a great question. I'll have to think about it for a second because my <laughs> brain's fried. Um, uh, I am on Twitter at books underscore serial. I'm I have a website, booksandserial.wordpress.com. I'm still reading Black Panther Sins. I'm not reading. I'm technically listening to uh, Black Panther Sins of the King. though you can read it because Realm lets you do both. Um, I've kind of stopped listening to everything else on Realm. And I'm just listening to Black Panther because it's still the best thing on the whole mm-hmm. service. Hands down. Yes. And still because of William Jackson Harper, who is still the shit
0: <laughs> i have to check it out because i ran out of stuff to listen to today so definitely need more stuff all right well i can be found at um oh where can i i have my brain fried as well apparently <laughs> instagram is uh underscore cb and twitter is uh 2814 the aforementioned and um that that should be about it. And so for Richard, Darcy, and Carrie, I'm Brian. And this has been the Comics Deserve Better Podcast. Uh, remember, comics deserve better and everyone deserves comics. Thank you.
1: Bye. 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 sorry my cat just freaked out (laughs) (laughs) that was hilarious